Hello and welcome everyone to episode 48 of the VGC Trainer School Podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm here today with three phenomenal co-hosts, and we have a lot to talk about, so let's welcome them in. First off, we have John. Welcome back, John. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I uh, finally, I'm still on my uh, monkey team. Um, I think once I ladder him up a little bit, um, I'm going to shift him to some other things because I, I have a ton of monkey ideas um, <laughs> and I have a bunch of months to monkey around with. Um, yeah. So I'm super excited to keep iterating on that team and, you know, trying some other teams and figuring out some niches that we haven't explored in, in the format and all that kind of stuff. So I'm in like my uh, exploration stage right now. That's cool. And like the, the monkeys are really interesting Pokemon because it's got the fake out, which is nice, but then like just massive damage because of its high special attacks. But it's uh. so how have you been utilizing it? Well, so I just stuck him on a team with a bunch of bulky stuff and then put a screen setter on it and called it a day, um, which is fine, except the team just loses to body press stuff <laughs> 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 and it loses to Don Dozo. And I'm like, huh. Maybe I should not make it lose to set up stuff. Um, and so I'm trying different teams that have different kinds of tempo because I really haven't figured out Monkey's vibe yet. Um, so, yeah. So I have like a, like a Tailwind team with him on it. I have a manual Tailwind, so like not Prankster, but like a Roaring Moon team with him on it. Um, that's more about like type coverage. And then I have like a super bulky team like not even screens, just like every mon just is super, super, super fat team. So I'm just trying to like stress test, like what does he like to do? What doesn't he like to do? Who does he fit with? Who doesn't he fit with? All that kind of stuff. Because conceptually, you know, Poison Psychic fits with these kind of things. Conceptually, a fast special attacker fits with some other kind of things. But, you know, what does his toolkit allow him to do? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that is yet. But I have an excellent tool that we're going to talk about later that helps me do that. And we love foreshadowing in the podcasting business. So <laughs> I am looking forward to that. All right. Well, uh, like I said, thank you very much for, for coming back on. And next up, welcome back, Tim. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing pretty well. I've been messing around with the other monkey or ape with uh, Annihilate. I've been toying with Annihilate Whimsicott in preparations for Regulation F, which I'm just, just seems like I'm kick it... you off the podcast right now. <laughs> Don't put that evil on us, Tim. It's such a terrifying combo. <laughs> no, but that's but, really cool. Go on. Yeah, it's got a lot of options for Tailwind with Final Gambit or Close Combat. You can go for the Final Gambit with Trick Room setup because Whimsicott gets both Tailwind and Trick Room. And you also have the option for the beat up Rage Fists. So it feels like very much a like, not even a 50 50, it's a 33 33 33 on what you want to do. That's wild. Yeah, I, I love Whimsicott. A, a buddy of mine, Joe, if you're listening, uh, thank you very much. He sent me a, a Whimsicott plush because it's one of my favorite all time competitive mons. So it's coming back in, in, uh, the indigo disc so i'm very excited to see what can happen with it because it is it is bonkers what how much stuff it can do 
Yeah, and, and setting up to annihilate that just makes total sense because it's like with uh, yeah, friend guard was nice on on mousehold, but the thing that you always really wanted on annihilate to really make it go is you know uh, tailwind. So like tailwind can you can get that with whimsicott. Whimsicott also gets light screen too, so you have light screen plus bulk up, so you can even like you know help it out there if you want to. That just seems like a great partner for sure. And uh, Annihilate hasn't really seen much usage in Regulation E, but it seems like a perfect counter for uh, Incineroar, who's also coming back. Mm. So it might actually pick up in some usage. That's true. I feel like weren't people, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't play too much of uh, Sword and Shield, but weren't people at some point running like Pessimian as an Incineroar counter because of mm. because of the fact that it was like stab fighting? Uh-uh. No, <laughs> people so. so people would run Braviary in like series four because Braviary had fighting moves, it had Defiant, it had Max Airstream, and they gave it Lumberry. So you counter Incineroar and you also counter Venusaur because you can't sleep powder it because of the Lumberry, and you're gonna get smacked with Max Airstream and probably get killed, or you're gonna get Max Rack Rockfalled and your son's gonna go away. So yeah, Pessimian kind of... I think Pessimian was used more for the Azumarill gimmick than it was <laughs> for Incineroar. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, that, that does seem like it'd be a great uh, Incineroar counter because of the fact that you do have that that stab fighting on there. And, cool. and immunity to fake out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we are less than 30 days at this point away from uh, Indigo Disc dropping, so we'll be in... Wow. That's we'll be, super close. I know we'll be we'll be here it'll be here sooner than you know, which is insane. But cool. Thanks again for coming back on. And Tim, you actually were instrumental in bringing on our final co-host, Bauer Dad, Pastor's creator himself, Josh. Welcome to the Vic, uh, VGC Trainer School podcast. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thanks so much for having me. I'm. I'm excited. Yeah. When Tim reached out to ask if I wanted to be on the podcast, I thought that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm excited to be here, excited to participate and sort of share some of what Passers is all about among the other things that we have planned for today. So I'm, I'm stoked to get into it. That's phenomenal. Cool. So, uh, so with Passers and you uh, released 4.0 recently, correct? Yes, 4.0. Cool. And that was uh <laughs> that was not my planned 4.0, but Showdown has been releasing a ton of really good quality of life improvements, one of them being the entire rework of the replay website. So <laughs> I had to redo the entire thing. So if you're a passers user that's listening to this, uh if you're not on 4.0, get on 4.0 because nothing before that is gonna work now. Yeah, and like that's uh that that's you know what I'm glad you brought up the replay system. Have you guys seen the new replay system? I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of it. I don't like it's, it. It seemed unnecessary. Like I I don't like to to fix something wasn't broken. I guess I think it's okay. I think it adds a little bit of polish to it. I didn't see it as a dramatic improvement. But going back to it, I'm like, yeah, this is this is all right. This is cool. Oh. I will say some of the new animations that they added were are pretty sick. Like they, they added changed... a Blood Moon animation. Yeah, it's Blood Moon. Sick. They changed the Moon Blast <laughs> animation too. They oh, did. That's hype. Uh huh. Yeah, it's, just, it's like a, a a giant moon that you shoot at somebody now, which is kind of cool. 
game of the year. Showdown is definitely getting game of the year now. <laughs> we got to let Jeff Keeley know. You got to add it. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you all very much for joining. I'm very much, very, uh, very happy to have you all on for sure. Me personally, you know, wasn't on last week. I highly suggest go checking out the one, the episode that we had with uh, Spicer and his friends from the the Portland gang. Um, one of the uh, one of the guys on there mentioned where he would just go on walks and play on the ladder while he was like walking outside. And that sounds extremely, extremely nice because he was like, yeah, I may have just missed my third magma storm in a row, but at least there's grass by me. And that makes me feel a little bit better. So I felt like I could really relate to that. So if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do so. But let's get into the agenda for what we have today, because we have quite a bit to get into. We do have some news, as always, to talk about. Before we get into the topic, where are we going to talk to Josh a little bit more about passers, as well as some other stuff that we have planned, and end with some LAIC predictions, because the International Championship is coming up this weekend, the first one for VGC 2024. So we definitely want to uh, talk about, you know, some over-unders and some uh, some pickums on there, because that's always a good time. Before we get into all of that, let's jump into the news. So Josh, as our guest star co-host, can you please take this first news item? I most certainly will, Jake. First up, we have the next seven-star terror raid battle event that has been announced for Scarlet and Violet. If you've been following the Pulse for most of the other Pokemon games, you know what's coming. This is going to be a Terra Normal Eevee. It's, it's going to have the Mightiest Mark, like the other Terra Raid battles that have taken place. Something notable about this is that it doesn't appear to have a second weekend that it is running. This is only scheduled to be from November 17th through the 20th. And if you're in the North American time zones, that's going to start the evening of the 16th, which is a Thursday, running until Sunday evening around the same time. I guess this is cool. I guess the one you would want is like a Sylveon Mightiest Mark. I guess if like you're looking at it from like a competitive standpoint. Yeah, it is it is one per file, as it says. I wish I wish it was more than that, just giving given what Eevee is and has a bunch of different options. Uh something that I'm curious to see is what are what is the difficulty going to look like and what are the rewards going to look like? Because mm-hmm. I was I was tempted to write off the Pikachu, but then it ended up being full Terra Shield mode and it was super obnoxious. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to come in here too overconfident. I'm going to be prepared. I mean, the last one you could just solo with a wiener dog. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. There's always someone that has some cracked solo build, I guess. You know what I would love is if they did a callback to Gen Seven and the Terra Eevee starts off with a Omni, like a double Omni boost to every stat, like the Evo boost that it would run. On oh its uh, its Z move, I I don't I doubt they're gonna do that, but I think that'd be kind of neat because like because like you said we, we mentioned you mentioned Pikachu, it had the the electro it had the light ball, so it at least had something going for it that was like made it somewhat more difficult. Um, 
That'd be cool if they did something like that with Eevee. It could be Eeveeolite. That'd be cool because then we'd have a second one. Because I don't know if you can obtain more than one per file. Huh. Hmm. I'd never thought about it. I guess I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, Eeveeolite plus the double Omni boost. I I, I agree with you, Josh. I think that's it, a- it'd be noteworthy. It's <laughs> you know, it doesn't make its move set amazing, but they've they've found ways to make this more challenging for us. So I have I have hope. If that's the correct word to use. (laughs) For sure. Well, cool. Well, time will tell with uh, this coming weekend. See what happens. And if nothing else, you know, some uh, good normal Terra shards for you out there. All right, Tim, we got some new information about Lab Mouse. What's up? Yeah, so I've been working hard the last couple of weeks. And I can now say that Lab Mouse is now fully mobile friendly. I've seen that like. 60 to 70 percent of people were using it on their phones even though i had put in zero work into making it look nice on phones it was a good swift kick in the butt to say hey make this actually nice and accessible for people so yeah it's uh i think at at this point now it's bumped up to like 75 now that people are actually just sticking to their phones that's really cool that's really exciting i was using it myself when i was writing some of the over-under predictions going back and forth between like the usage rates of the tournaments. And it looks really good. It felt great. I loved the light mode, dark mode that you can like easily switch between with just a little toggle at the top. So it's, it's come a long way. I I'm very, very impressed by it. It's really cool. Cool. Okay. Um, well, we'll see what is on the horizon for lab mouse. But, John, if you could handle this next one, please. So if you hadn't heard, the VGC Trainer School had our third open this past weekend. And congratulations to none other than Wolf Glick for winning the whole thing. Our tourney had 219 players with a pool of international players from all over the world. Um, we had some Japanese players, probably some Latin American players, a whole bunch of European and American players. He won with a wheezing team that was very similar to the one that Kyle Livinghouse has been using for a while now, and that he most recently used in Toronto with a couple of changes like uh, Choice Scarf Landorus instead of Ability Shield so that the Landorus is a bit more flexible as it's coming in and out of battle and whether or not you have the wheezing you still have your intimidate and you still have a ton of speed so congrats again to wolf glick for winning our open with wheezing that is now two vgc trainer school opens in a row that have been won by wheezing so is wheezing actually the new pokemon to win every vgc trainer school tournament <laughs> it's the Sui and arcanine of the vgc trainer school it is <laughs> I was actually thinking about this, right? So do you think that Weezing legitimately becomes not an archetype necessarily, but think something that people have to build against? For example, when I was watching Wolf stream one of his, like some of his matches in our tournament, he faced off against a team that had Tornadus. And part of the big thing with Weezing and Roaring Moon is that you can tailwind and then taunt the tornadoes before it's able to get up its tailwind. Do you foresee people starting to run ability shield on some of their more important abilities on their team because of wheezing? Like ability shield tornadoes or ability shield 
you know, Heatran or we are we've already seen Ability Shield, you know, Tatsugiri just on the off chance that you run into somebody that has neutralizing gas. I think you mentioned that Tatsugiri is kind of the only one that really wants it mm-hmm. um, as a countermeasure, because if you don't if you don't have Tatsugiri hopping in Don Dozo's mouth, you don't have a you just don't have a wheezing matchup like most Don Dozo teams just flat out do not have a wheezing matchup without that. Um but for most of the other mons, for like Heatran with other Landorises, there's just a lot of Pokemon that can maneuver around Weezing without their abilities. It's awkward, but it's not like super necessary that they have their abilities. Like, sure, if your Tornadus doesn't have Prankster, oh no, they're going to Tailwind and Taunt you. You can just predict that and click Bleak Wind Storm, <laughs> which like people haven't done on the ladder yet. But like, if you know that's the line, right? If uh, it, Weezing is one of those teams where if people don't know their lines into the team, it can absolutely truck them. If people know the lines into the team, Weezing gets dumpstered on, right? So it's a team that really rides on how much uh, your opponent is prepared for it, how much they actually respect it, because the Weezing player doesn't have a lot of room to move on the opponent if they're all also predicting your plays, which I think is the big weakness of the team and why the team consistently is you know, hitting that 6-3 mark and not really doing a whole lot better, except with Kyle. I think Kyle did decently well with it at, like, Sacramento or something. He got 39th in Sacramento. So he actually made day day two with it. But, like, other than that, it really isn't cracking that 6-3 ceiling, day two ceiling. Simply, yeah, simply because it becomes predictable at the higher tables. And I think that's because people aren't respecting that the other player is respecting Weezing in their play rather than their team building. Which just means it's a play issue, not really a team building issue. So I'm curious to see how Weezing players begin to like start to think about, you know, counter lines to everything. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get a top hit with Weezing one day. Though, so you know, one thing that I find is odd? What's that? Is that in Gen 8, when it was available, we saw a lot of Weezing and Richie Gigas, mm-hmm. who is not available. Despite the neutralizing gas being a thing, has specifically for Reggie Gigas, we haven't seen any successful people trying to use slacking with it. Yeah, it's because slacking kind of sucks. Well, <laughs> like, and also Dynamax it's not fast enough. Was and Dynamax huge. Yeah. is big. Yeah, Dynamax yeah, is di- huge. You can do you can do speed control with a nuke. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, that's unfair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. Yeah, because Slacking's, what, 90 base as opposed to uh, Reggie Gigas being 100 base speed, I think? No, they're both 100 base speed. They're but both the bigger 100 issue, base speed? Uh, yeah, yeah, and Slacking actually has more physical defense, I think. But the special defense and the lack of, like, nukes, because I don't think Slacking gets double edge either. So, like, what are you really going to be smacking people around with? Body slam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they bring back return in uh, in DLC 2. Oh man! So just, basically, just get impact. <laughs> get yeah. yourself back the truant anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I I picked truant on my own terms. <laughs> um. Yeah. I guess. So. So. Yeah. I think. I think ability shield Tatsugiri probably makes the most sense, and probably people don't need to run it because other items on some of those abil- on those Pokemon are definitely more important than just not having any at all. Which was ultimately Wolf's decision, or like his his. his Reasoning as to why he went uh, scarf on Landotharian as opposed to Ability Shield, which is what Kyle had been running for that Intimidate. But uh, 
yeah, we'll see what happens in Sao Paulo this coming weekend to see if any more Ability Shield Pokemon pop up or if Weezing, like you said, maybe cops into the top eight. Uh, but shifting one last time for the last piece of news here, if you are struggling to build for Regulation E or are looking for some inspiration, check out Victory Road. As of November 3rd, they have updated their list of rental code regulation teams for Regulation E. So if you want to go check it out, please do so. Um, they are from all of the major tournaments such as Peoria, Sacramento, Lille, and Toronto. So there is a lot to pick from in there. I can't necessarily guarantee that all of them will be winners, but all of them are certainly going to be things that you can play around with and just... uh enjoy and have fun so i always like to uh sometimes just like with with a friend of mine we just go on victory road and we grab like five rental codes and we just sort of play a roulette and battle each other and that's always a good time just because you never know really what's going to happen but you can be like oh yeah this is like a new a new uh new team style and i'm just gonna like roll with it and see what happens so that is the news so Let's roll into the topic, which is ultimately talking with you, Josh, about Passers 4.0. So just for, for people who are unaware, Passers, or you may know it as P-A-S-R-S, or you also may know it as the Google document that was shared with you at some point that you're not quite sure what it does. <laughs> um, it is a phenomenal tool. I have been using it since... I. I don't even remember who who initially shared it with me or what like version it was. Maybe it was like Passers 2.0 or something like that. But it's really cool to be able to have your team have and like have your replays recorded from Showdown directly to be able to see like usage rates and stuff like that. So I'll turn it over to you, Josh. Um, basically explain, you know, like let us know like what is Passers and ultimately why did you create it? Because this is quite the tool that you're just putting out there in the uh, the Google sphere for people. Right on. Thank you, Jake, for the for the kind words and the support. So you you covered it pretty well. Passers is a tool that automatically takes your replays. You put the links in and it will compile a bunch of data for you on your usage stats, your lead stats, your Terra stats, your matchups, et cetera, et cetera. And I I originally made this for one. It was it was like one primary reason that I I'm the sort of person who just very much values practice and playtesting. This is something that has been true of me. I mean, even since I was traveling, playing card games in high school. Right. I always I am not the sort of person I'm not one of those pros that just can't decide on their team and then they just lock in something janky the night before and then they make top eight because they're gifted. Like, screw those people, first of all. I just, if I don't have, if I don't have at least 500 games with a team, like, I don't want to use it. Like, I think I think playtesting and practice are very, very important. And back in the Sword and Shield days, I used to use the 50-game test, if that sounds familiar to anyone. That is a spreadsheet that originated from the Austin, Texas community. And it was it was effectively manual note-taking. You could put in some stats about your team and then you could write down what happened in your games and you could make notes and then make adjustments. And when I was 
when I was preparing for Salt Lake City, and uh, this was the start of 2022, I was on Pokemon Sword, when I was preparing for Salt Lake City, I finally had this team that I felt like I was good with, that I felt like I was comfortable with. It was, I was running uh, Palkia Zacian, and I came to this realization that, okay, I just need to play 500 games with this. And that leads me to the precursor to passers. I called it something, I think Bauer Dad Showdown reporting something. I don't, I don't remember what I called it, but it was a, it was a Java program that you had to download onto your computer and you had to download all of your replays. You couldn't do the upload with the link. Like you had to download, you had to have the files. You shove them all in a folder <laughs> called replays. And then you double click your little thing. And if you didn't have Java installed, it would break. It was incredibly cumbersome. But if you did all the steps correctly, it would spit out this dorky little notepad document of your Dynamax stats and your leads and what Pokemon you used and how good they did. And I used that so much preparing for Salt Lake City. And I ended up going going plus one. Like I think I went five four or five three or something like that. I ended up doing pretty pretty decent there. I think someone had a bit a couple of weeks ago about how you go five four if you're handsome. So that's that's me, just in case anyone needs to know. X. Um, <laughs> and then in oh gosh it was right around it was in 2022 late right around when scarlet and violet was releasing that i came across something that esther did she's done some work i think with evan on a couple of other projects her and flair put something out on twitter it was this little showdown tracker but it was a google spreadsheet and it was just a you put in your poke paste and you tell it your username, and it would just show your six and their six, and if you won, and it would give you a win rate. And I thought, wow, that's pretty neat that it just does that automatically. And so I messaged, I messaged her, and I was like, hey, how does how does this work? And she told me that there was a JavaScript that is just behind those Google Sheets. And I'm not, I mean, look, okay, listen, listen, this. I may get my IT card taken away for this, but I just haven't used a lot of Google Sheets. So I did not know. No. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know. I didn't know any of its capabilities. And she was like, yeah, you could just put JavaScript behind this. And I was like, excuse me, what? So from that moment, I was working to marry up this old, incredibly janky reporting tool that I had, converting that to JavaScript and to be something that I could do automatically. And then in March of this year March, March 1st 2023 is when I released Passers 1.0 after I had worked on it gosh it probably took me three or four months it took me such a long time to get it uh to get it going but just to circle back to the the start of what I'm talking about why did I create this tool it's because I believe practice and play testing is so important but I also believe that people in general don't get the most out of their practicing and playtesting. Like I can't count the number of times I've been on a Reddit thread where people are like, oh, rate my team. And they show off their poke paste. And I would try and go in and ask him and say, hey, what, what are you having trouble with? Like, what, what do you what do you need help beating? What's what's wrong with your team? What are you struggling against? 
And nine times out of 10, people are just like, I don't know. And it's so, it's so weird and pervasive that like people want help, but they can't even tell me what's happening during their games. Yep. Preach. Uh-huh. So yeah, like <laughs> I, I want to make sure to, that that information is put in front of people in a very automatic way. And I finally, I finally cracked it after working on it for so long. So that, that is the why. That is why I created Passers because I need a million games of playtesting. And it's cool too because with the the interface that you have built out, it's not even just like what things are working, what things aren't, but it's also like you can get as granular as how often do you pick each of the moves and what are what is ter- like what is going to drastalize versus what didn't and and the win rates on that sort of thing. So it's like like I've been, I've been using it for a a team that John you sent over to me and I have a local this weekend that I'm going to be going to. And so I've been putting my replays into there and it's so great to see that some of my Pokemon have like close to 25% usage on all of the four moves. So like, it feels really good that they're all getting utilized and there's not like a dead slot, you know? And it's like, that kind of you know validation is nice, but also it's great to be able to tell you like, oh, you know what? You're actually not clicking overheat as much as you want to on Chi Yu or something like that. So maybe you can swap it in for something else. Or you know what? This this fifth or like this sixth Pokemon, you know, isn't really coming much. So maybe this is something that you could look to say, is the tech that I specifically need for a very specific matchup or can I do something else with it? And it's like that, like the pie charts and just how... Uh, user-friendly it is to be able to easily look at the visualizations that you've created to make it so easy to be able to tweak things and and whatnot. And that's what I really appreciate about it because it's like, it's a tool that is easy to use, but also effective to use, you know? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. But I think you also really spoke to like the idea of, you know, when people aren't sure what they're having trouble with. And it's like, do you guys experience that too, where you are in that situation where you are trying to help someone like how do you how do you how do you navigate that when someone's like yeah i just need help but i'm not quite sure what like how do you sort of get to the okay well here's what you should be looking for like do you are there suggestions that you give or anything i think the best way to kind of navigate players towards getting the most out of their practice and getting the most out of like how how do I fix teams? How do I create uh, improvements in my teams? Um, three things for passers that I that I would suggest. First, try to play a bunch of games before making adjustments. This is something that goes back to the wisdom in the fifty game test. They recommend play fifty games before you make any adjustments. I think at least twenty five before you make any adjustments. Cause I think, I think it's really tempting to play three or five games and either think, okay, this slaps or it's going awful. And if you, if you don't play enough games, you can fall into one or one of two traps. You can either say, Oh, this team is really, really good when it's actually not. Or you think, Oh, this team is really bad, but you truth is you just haven't, you haven't, run the gamut on what what you're going to find and the, just the only way to get good data is to just play more games. So the first point of advice I would say is 
just make sure you play more games before making adjustments. The second thing that I would say is pay pay attention to what the data says. And I know that I know that sounds dumb, but the idea is all of these data points are telling a story. Like if you look at your matchup chart and you say, "Oh, I actually have a zero percent win rate against Armadidi," that could be due to any number of things. So if you have a data point that concerns you, for example, a zero percent win rate against a certain Pokemon, go into your game by game tab, like filter on that opposing Pokemon, review those replays, like actually look and see what's happening during those games and try and try and dig into what that data point means in terms of like, what is, what, what's, what's going to work for you. Uh, that's the, the second thing that I would say is the data tells a story, try to figure out what the story is. And the third point that I would make for trying to get, trying to get the most out of passers is I think you should spend more time reviewing your games than playing them you should spend more time reviewing your games than playing them i think it can be really tempting for players uh, especially if they're losing to try and jump back in and say oh no i'm gonna win a game i'm going to you know i can't end on a loss or oh this thing happened so i just want to play another game or the opposite where oh i'm doing really well i want to keep going i would encourage people to pause and review the games that they're playing. I think it's I think it's so important because even in spite of passers recording so much information for you on the fly, there's also there's also a hidden component there where you're playing a game and you if you go back to a replay that you played, I don't know, the other day, last week, you lose some of that information like how you were feeling during the game or why you made certain moves some things you just you may not remember what mindset you were in and that that brings me to my third point you should spend more time evaluating your games analyzing your games going back i'll try usually after every single set to go back and re-watch the replays immediately and use that notes column to say okay this is what I led because I was trying to do this and it worked, or I tried to do this other thing and it didn't work. Um, just really, really taking your time and going back to review the games. I think, I think the number of reps is important, but you also want good reps. And I think that comes with reviewing replays more than playing games. I couldn't agree more. Something that you mentioned about like the the idea of like watching the replays and just like some like, like taking a step away. So I don't I don't like self disclose too much on this podcast, but something that I actually went through over the summer is I was when I was planning for Hartford, right? I was playing and I was getting extremely frustrated with myself and like getting stressed out um, so much so that I actually ended up seeking out. Uh, a therapist to talk about some of the uh, the emotions that I was feeling and like the anger that, that, I, that I was experiencing. And one thing that we sort of settled on was the idea of think about it more as like a puzzle, right? It's not that I lost. It's more so like take a step back to figure out, okay, what were the puzzle pieces that I missed 
that would have helped me to win. And at that point, it becomes more of like a a problem that I need to figure out. And like like the problem solving aspect is, is really critical. So as you mentioned, if you're a new player who's like losing a lot, don't get discouraged, but more so just like put the controller down or put the keyboard down or the mouse or whatever and watch your replays instead and figure out what were the errors that you were making or was it just simply, you know what, your opponent made a hell of a read and that's totally fine. Give them some credit. Don't just beat yourself up about it. But like figuring out what your lines are, as as John had mentioned before when talking about, you know, looking into wheezing, it's like figure out what your lines are with specific team comps or, you know, or even just like pairs like Armadidi or whatever. And you're going to feel much better about your progress and about the um, the reps that you're having because they become good reps as as you had mentioned, Josh, it's not just you repeating the same bad habits and bad mistakes over and over again, because that's bad grinding. That's the grinding that doesn't get you anywhere and doesn't produce anything other than just like more headache and more sorrow and more anger. So it's like utilizing something like this where you don't have on the cartridge ladder, which is unfortunate because we don't have the VS recorder anymore to be able to actually like watch battles back something like this is just a great way to isolate specific situations or teams that you need to be able to figure out what you're going to do into them and it's like that's the kind of like tips and tricks that you can offer to a new player or even just an old player that is trying to get back into it or just anybody that's looking to like improve at all that's going to help a lot because it's the figuring out what went wrong and what you could have done better as opposed to just like, I'm just going to get back up on the horse and just do it again. You know, Tim or John, do you guys use passers as well? I used it quite a lot uh, throughout regulation D for my Armadidi team. And yeah, it absolutely did wonders and helped for, um, helped me to really identify some of the matchups that I was struggling with and how I could make adjustments. I think one of the biggest things was um, I was using Hisui and Lilligant, and I had initially started with Sleep Powder. And as you said, you were uh, you felt really good when you saw that your all four of your moves had almost like a perfect 25% usage on each. And I was really running into that issue of uh, not using sleep powder mainly because uh, I either didn't want to risk the miss or I was just kept missing with it or even if I did hit with it it just didn't have enough of the payoff that I needed so ended up switching that to encore and ended up getting a lot better results but yeah it really helped me delve into the inner workings of my team and my leads and really just like I deeper understanding of how to play it so i've really been enjoying it i haven't been playing a whole lot of regulation e but i'm definitely going to be using it when i dive back into regulation f um yeah i think the josh the bigger thing bigger picture thing you were trying to get at with passers is that uh when we play the game we want to be mindful of what we're doing right we want to know not only like 
that we have six Pokemon with all the moves and all the other things. But we also want to be able to bring our conceptual um, background to the to the team. So like in this game, I want to accomplish these goals with these means, right? And so you have this mindset of I want to do this lead to do this thing, right? And the goal of passers is to help you realize what those goals are or what you're trying to do, all that kind of stuff. So it's like a tool to help reflect on what the heck you're thinking <laughs> through in a game. Um, and so even though I haven't, you know, filled out like a hundred game test or with, with a document yet. Um, it has helped me to slow down and be able to reflect on games and actually put myself in a headspace to think um, at a higher level about my games to say, okay, I'm putting it in this document because I'm trying to learn this thing about this team. So for example, with the monkey team, I put the monkey team into the document um, just to try to see, Hey, did the, does my idea work? <laughs> does my idea of monkey plus bulky stuff work? Um, and what pastors showed me was that across a variety of different matchups, you know, I had tools into basically everything. I even my losses were winnable, and I was generally able to to clean through stuff that I needed to. So pastors gave me the confidence to go forward with the team. Um, whereas in other instances, it told me, dude, team sucks. <laughs> You need to go back to the drawing board, uh, which is, which is good information, right? Like I don't want to keep playing yeah. with a team that after, you know, 15, 20, 25 games, it's just not doing it. Um, even if it's something with like monkey Dory, I, and I want to make monkey happen. I need to actually know both what is good and what's bad so that I know it's not that way. Try another way. Yeah, exactly. And it's like some people, you know, run away from the idea of like something being bad. And it's like, no, it's it, it's important to know why something is ineffective. So that way you can build around that. And that's that's important. Or just, you know, remove it all together if it doesn't necessarily fit. But um, I will say, Jake. Yeah. If I can, please, Josh. I, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. I'm going to put you on the throne. Uh, you're going to be Santa Claus. I'm going to be the little kid hopping on your lap because I have some wishes. For this you got some wish okay. Yes. All right. Okay. So first I've been having some issues. Um, I've been having some issues with, with my love life. So is there any way that you can put a little feature in passers to upload, you know, screenshots of my Tinder profile and just tell me like, what is going wrong? Is that possible? If you are talking about terrestrialization or showdown games in your uh, in your Tinder chats, I can definitely pick up on that. We can we can add some features in there. Uh, get some get some meta game analysis for opening lines and uh, date conclusions. It's it's definitely something that that we can do. Oh, that's the issue, John. Your Twitter, uh, your uh, Tinder page is outdated. You're still talking about Dynamax instead of terrestrializing. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but on a more serious note, I do wonder because I because I was thinking about okay, what kind of feedback do I want from a team? And I was thinking, wait, EVs. How the heck do I evaluate my EV spreads like on a on a broader scale, right? Um, so we can evaluate terror types, we can evaluate move usage, we can evaluate, you know, pairs, duos, all that kind of stuff. And I know it's, and we have our poke pace, but we don't have like their poke pace. So it's really hard to get 
direct feedback from our opponent's EVs. But what if there is a way to track, you know, these are the common moves, even from like these common Pokemon, it's like a wild charge from Iron Hands is, you know, move top move number three that's killing my Fluttermane. Or, um, you know, an Icicle Crash from Chien Pao is the top thing that is KOing my uh, Karbic, whatever, right? So, like, is there a way for passers to be able to track either? So, option one is moves that are um, OCOing, so from 100% to zero, OCOing my Pokemon, or number two, just a way to track the moves that are commonly going into my Pokemon, just in general. Not even KOing them, not even doing 50%, just like the common moves that my Pokemon hit. I think short answer. Short answer, yes. It's it's tough. I'm really glad that you went into common moves used against Pokemon because when you started talking about EVs, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is, yeah. if this is gonna work. Because for for the reason for the reason that you said, it's very difficult because Showdown does not track EVs on your Pokemon. Like you only have your paste, and also passers is meant to function with OTS versions of the paste as well. Even if you mm-hmm. don't have your EVs in there, it will still work. Yep. Um, so that stuff is really, really challenging, but I think it's possible. What you were mentioning about common moves being used against a Pokemon mm-hmm. is... Oh, it's it's something that is is possible, I think it'll be tricky, but it is something that I do want to work on because it loans itself to if if I start tracking what is hitting my Pokemon or what is hitting the user's Pokemon, it leads it leads us into a lot of other interesting functionality. For example, how good are my items coming into play? If I'm exactly. using a, yeah, if I'm using a pinch berry, is that activating enough? If I have a focus sash, does this actually matter? Um, uh, if I have, you know, a, a choice item or if I have a life orb, um, how, how is that adjusting damage in a meaningful way mm-hmm. and how, how that looks, all of those implementations are fairly complex, but they are, they should theoretically be possible. And it starts with tracking that information of what my Pokemon are getting hit by and for how much. Yeah. Well, I'm also thinking, you know, uh, the difference, like if you get hit by an icy wind for 20% or a bullet punch for 80% or whatever, like there's a variety of moves that can wind up being the last KO move. So like um, on Pokemon home, the battle data actually tracks the most common moves used to KO a Pokemon but you don't know how how much that KO is actually doing, right? You don't know if it's a 20% (laughs) KO, if it's an 80%, is it, you know, how, you know, where is it starting from to get there? And so like, you just have this bogus data that's just like, you know, um, Fluttermane dies to heavy slam like 9% of the time. And you're like, are you sure? (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's time to do that a lot more often. Um, Yeah, but like even like restricting it, because I know tracking it is kind of hard, but like restricting it from, just any move to just Oko's or restricting it to just any move that the Pokemon hits is would be helpful for like a newer player to be like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to calc against. <laughs> like, you know, how do I do defensive EVs if I don't 
have any, if I have no idea of what moves there are and what moves my Pokemon actually needs to take. Right, right. And you yeah, also that's... already track some stuff like what Pokemon come to the game. So there has to be some way to get that. Yes. Um, yeah, the the tricky the the trickiest the trickiest part I'll just say the, the trickiest part for anything like this is we we don't know on on passers there's the replays that there are the replays that are there and mm-hmm. when when the code is going into an individual replay and it is parsing out who does what what Pokemon did what what player did what at that point. The program doesn't know which one you are. So it's oh. so the, the problem is everything that happens, I have to track for both players, which is is doable, but it makes some of the calculations trickier because if I have to do like, okay, I need to see which Pokemon are getting KO'd, which Pokemon are taking damage. I actually have to track that for all eight Pokemon. Or or fewer, depending on who comes to the game, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's just one of the one of the key challenges for gathering extra information like this is mm-hmm. because I have to do it. I have to do it for both players on the fly without necessarily knowing, and that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that it can't be done, but it's a lot of extra information to pull from the replays, and it's it's something that is a a fairly big lift. Again, it's one that I want to do but it's 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 tough (laughs) so you're saying 5.0 i'm saying (laughs) i I don't know about 5.0 but what i am saying what i am saying is you know how you were saying that in pokemon home it tracks what you got ko'd by Mm -hmm. i think that i can add that functionality as kind of a precursor right yeah yeah something better because okay, that is that's cool because like i was mentioning that's where it starts right like i have yep. to start tracking i have to start capturing that information of like what i'm getting hit by and if it kills me and if i can start doing that i can expand upon that you know yep yeah and that's like the that's the essence of innovation you know is like figuring out what else is out there and which what you think that you can either incorporate or you know do better so that's that's really exciting. Like, are you, do you already have plans of what you think, you know, 5.0 or, you know, even beyond that down the line could be? I have, I have a few, I have a few ideas for 5.0. Um, I think it, it mostly, it mostly has to do with more lead information and lead combo information, but I really want to take a page out of Tim's book for Lab Mouse and get after the, the idea of cores. Like if you see common triplets or quadruplets of Pokemon that you're against and how you perform against those those types of teams, because I think it's 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 definitely something that's worth capturing because Pokemon, especially doubles, you know, it very rarely is about a singular Pokemon. You know, it's it's about combos and lead combos and you know who's in the back and who's supporting who. And I think that information is going to be something that's a lot more a, a lot more useful. Nice. That's really cool. And like that, yeah, that because that kind of goes back to like, I mean, we know when we say Armadidi, like we know what that is, right? But like you can't necessarily assume that that's going to be the case. 
But if you start to see like, okay, you know what? A core that I'm actually having a lot of trouble with is Landorus, um, Fluttermain, and Iron Hands or, some, or something along those lines. It's like, okay, I need to have something that is more specific to that that group, um, which is something that I love about uh, Lab Mouse for sure that, that Tim, you built because it's like being able to expand out like what are those common, you know, doubles and, you know, like pairs and triplets uh, of Pokemon, both for like a team building and a team building against, you know, you can see what the meta is. And it's like, that's what I'm facing a lot of and, and how you're performing each and every time, you know, and like that's that 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 does like take your tool to the next level because it's like it helps you in all facets, whether it's the beginning of the team building or the end of the team building process and the actual tweaking and stuff. But, um, yeah, Labmos and uh, Passers kind of go hand in hand on opposite ends. Or one one is kind of prep, and the other one is kind of post reflection. So they're very good to use together. And you guys kind of go way back a little bit, right? Like there there was a time where uh, there was some sort of. From my understanding, some sort of Discord that became a a, a breeding ground for these uh, great analytics tools for VGC. Uh, yeah, so myself, Josh, and Evan, the creator of VGC Pastes, as well as some of the other uh, members of and that have joined Evan for VGC Pastes, a lot of us came from the Little Root Lessons Discord, which started at the start of Pokemon Sword and Shields. And we, uh, yeah, all three of us were in that. Myself and Evan were mods, uh, still kind of M. And uh, yeah, we just had a lot of fun there. And that eventually led to us working on several different tools. Uh, my or Lab Mouse originally started when, oh, when was it? We. It was when Little Root Lessons started to grow a bit, we had a uh, cross Discord server uh, tournament, and I wanted to collect some data from that. That's when you started Labmouse? Yep, that's... Oh my it, gosh. That was that was Life the reaction Python folks. script, yeah. <laughs> wow, I, I had no idea. I knew you were, I knew you were talking about, about data gathering, but... I'm yeah, that... just now connecting the dots. I had no idea that's what led to Lab Mouse. <laughs> that is what originally led to it, but that was so much tougher because all those tournaments, uh, they were not as Sword and Shield didn't have open team sheets. So that was a matter of who can I connect who can I convince to actually give me their teams after the tournament? Because <laughs> no Please. one wanted to give them beforehand. <laughs> I'll do something good with it, I promise. I'm not yeah. just some creeper. <laughs> Exactly. And then uh, <laughs> with our various uh, draft leagues that we did in that, I know that for the Pokemon selections, when we were doing our initial stuff, I did quite a lot of work on uh, Google Sheets with that. And uh, I I'm not going to say I gave Evan the idea because he went and did his own thing, but I definitely helped him with some of the initial ideas of expanding what you could actually do with Google Sheets. And he absolutely used uh, some of that knowledge to create VGC paste to get it where it is today. And then, uh, yeah, myself and Josh uh, and Evan, we were all in 
one of the old uh, monotype draft leagues, which was one of the uh, most fun things I've ever played. And that was yes. definitely a, a great bonding experience. Nice. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Monograss cool. is a lot of fun, but very tough. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> many weaknesses, but you can just get like you can just annoy people with putting stuff to sleep and paralysis and like all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. That's cool. That's that's really neat. Like like to be able to see thing, you know, multiple projects grow from, you know, something like that. So that's really neat. Um okay. Well, we are all very happy for Lab Mouse and for Passers and the success not only that you both have had in the creation of them, but also where it seems that both of them are going. So definitely exciting for uh to, to have that for the community for sure because they are phenomenal tools so thank you both but let's wrap this up so that we can turn to some predictions for the upcoming international championship how's that sound sounds great awesome so LAIC is happening this weekend. It is the first international of VGC 2024. We don't have another one until April of 2024 for the EUIC, as unfortunately there is no uh, Oceana International Championship this year. So sorry, Jack. You are totally going to win. I know it, but you'll definitely get Brisbane. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sao Paulo, Brazil is where we find our competitors this coming weekend. But let's see if we can predict what the top eight will look like. So for anybody new, we have some questions here about the top eight specifically, and we're going to have some predictions on um, whether a Pokemon or a grouping of Pokemon will have a usage over or under the number that I have listed. Um, all of them end in 0.5. That way there's no push. So it's not going to just add up, you know, just going to end right there. And we do have a, a bonus question at the end. Um, so we'll go through these relatively quickly. Don't need to necessarily b- belabor them. But we do have some information from Lab Mouse looking at the last four tournaments and the usage rates of some of these Pokemon and these group of Pokemon just to give the over under a little bit more information. Or, uh, you know, significance, I suppose. So kicking it off with the queen of VGC, uh, something that has plummeted in usage, uh, Fluttermane. So going from almost 70% usage that we saw in Peoria down to like 50%, 52%, most recently in Toronto. Where do you think it will be in the top eight? Over, under, 3.5 over the last re- four regionals in the top eight we've seen usage of three four four and three so right in the middle three and a half john we'll start with you over or under that under 100 yeah why do you say that um there's a lot of opportunity costs to using flutter made now in that you just have a lot of things that can just smack it really hard um okay. and people kind of know how to play around it um yeah, and I think there's there's gonna be a, there's gonna be some people that are probably gonna be introducing you know archetypes like Trick Room or something that'll give Fluttermane even more trouble than it normally okay. does. So uh, under. Okay, Josh, what about you? I'm gonna say over, and actually for 
honestly the same reason that that John is giving for under. I think when I think when good Pokemon start to uh, start to dip a little bit in usage, people get a little bit too comfortable. Ooh, so I think okay. I think Fluttermane is going to come back. I think people will not be respecting it as much, and it will have a better showing. I think it's going to be over. Okay, and Tim. I am going to see say under mainly because of the rising usage in Iron Hands, as well as one other Pokemon that is in one of the follow-up questions. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go over as well just because one, two, or three Fluttermane just seems so insane to me. So I'm gonna go over as well. I don't think it's gonna be like an obscene like four like five or six, but I do think that we see four so half the field of top eight having flutter main uh all right next one ogre pond will we see more of this is just a 50 50 kind of uh hearth flame wellspring or is it going to be equal is toronto famously or i guess infamously depending on where you stand had zero in the top eight whereas the two previous regionals each had two hearth flame and two wellspring so, Josh, we'll go to you. Do you think that we're going to have more Hearth Flame, more Wellspring, or an equal number? I'm going with Wellspring. Okay. Primar- primarily for two reasons. One is, I think, well, actually, I think they're both the same reason. And that that reason is Urshifu Rapid Strike. I think that it, I think that Wellspring originally came up to kind of, one, because it's really good, and two, because it has a really good matchup into Rapid Strike. And now that we've kind of scared off the new toy syndrome and Ogre Pond Wellspring kind of went away, we saw a resurgence in Urshifu Rapid Strike. And I think that is going to bring back Wellspring. Okay. And for that for that same reason, I don't think we'll see Hearth Flame as much. Okay. Tim? I think I'm going to say Wellspring as well. If anything, because we the last few tournaments, we've seen some very balanced teams where it was a lot of Tornadus uh, Urshifu, but I think recently we're seeing a little bit more diversity and people trying to mix things up and Wellspring is very uh, slappable onto those teams. Okay. I get that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Hearthflame just for a little diversity here. I think that the, I don't really have a good reason for it. I, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I I just have a I just have a feeling that it, that it's going to be more hearth flame. Just maybe maybe we see some more sun. Considering Toronto had rain, maybe this will be the uh, sunny showing in LAIC. John, I'm going to say equal because I want to be different. All right, fantastic. Got him. Um, all right, number of intimidate users in the top eight, over or under five point five. Over the last four, we've seen. Intimidate users in the form of um, Hisuian Arcanine, obviously, Landotharian, obviously, and Salamence, which we saw one of. So we've seen seven, four, six, and six for the Intimidate users. So basically, do you think that we're going to see, you know, six or seven or less than that? Tim, you first. Oh, I think I have to say over. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, not only can there be one per team, but you could, if you really want, you could double up. Mm-hmm. So, 
Who knows? Maybe we'll see Gyarados make a resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. I think that people are gonna be going away from intimidate. Maybe just like not necessarily doubling up, or maybe only having like one, you know, on their team. I'm gonna go under because I. I think that. Maybe there, I think there might be a shift towards more of like a special meta. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, mm, that's a that's a, a that's a spicy take. Not one that I can necessarily delve into at this point. But uh, John, what about you? Uh, over. I uh, I believe in the dog. Okay. In and, and in Lando. Yeah. The the furries are going to bring him out. And Josh. Also over. I mean, regardless of which Pokemon are holding it, I mean, Intimidate's always been good. It's going to continue to be good. So I think over. Makes sense. All right. Iron Hands in the top eight, over under 3.5. We saw four in Toronto. We saw three in Lille. We saw one in Sacramento, which is insane, and four in Peoria. So, John, back to you. Over under 3.5. Under because of Tailwind teams using Rillaboom. Ooh, okay. Okay. Josh? I'm going to say over. I just, I genuinely think Iron Hands is the best Pokemon in the format. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Tim? I'm going to say under just because I'm kind of realizing that LAIC is like, oh, yeah, it's not all United States players. They have their own kind of meta down there and it's hard to predict. So maybe they just have less Iron Hands there. Yeah, I'm going to go over. I'm going to see that we're going to see a little bit more balance and a little bit more uh, trick room than we might be used to. Um, okay. This is just simply a yes or no. Uh, does Hisuian Arcanine win its fifth regulation E regional tournaments? Yes. Josh, yeah. yes or no? Yes. Yes, yeah. it, it it feels like it's been running. It feels like it's been running the table with everything, even with Pokemon that should counter it pretty hard. And I mean, there there must be a reason. I think it's going to stand tall and go for five for five. Cool, Tim. I just want to bet on Hisuian Arcanine winning every single regional <laughs> in, in Rank E. Yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say this is the first one that it doesn't get. And it's it's going to be like, you know, second and third. But I think that it's going to appear just short of the championship. John? Yes, because we need to cherish Ball Hisui Arcanine. Ooh, that's a great call. Ooh. That's a great Speaking call. Speaking of, LAIC Stream is going to have a code for a Cherish Ball Dragapult inspired by Justin Tang's Dragapult from Fort Wayne. So get it this weekend. Thank you for the callback. That's, that's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Bless. Bless. That's so good. All right. Uh, we have three more. Um, so we're going to go a little bit quicker. Goldango in the top eight, over under 2.5. So in Toronto, there were three. In both Lille and uh, Sacramento, there were zero, and there was one in Peoria. So real quick, Tim, you, you mentioned something that you had about Goldango. Yes, uh, Goldango usage has been spiking in recent tournaments, especially okay. the Nasty Plot set, and I think that's one of the re main reasons we're going to see less Fluttermane. So I think we're definitely going to see uh, more Goldango. So over. You're going over? Um, I like that. I've been seeing much more Goldango on the ladder as well, so I'm going to go over because um, the Nasty Plot drag, uh, you know, 
the nasty plot set does well into trick room as well as it does into tailwind for for the most part because especially with the dragon terra so i think that it definitely is becoming in a way a little bit more splashable than it had been in the past especially since it can run that nasty plot not nasty plot or the specs set which is pretty cool john over I, this message message is sponsored by golden goat import incorporated <laughs> and josh i'm actually gonna say under i okay. think I think people have just been complaining about it for long enough that there will be enough top eight to crack it and keep it out. Okay. And we'll see whose prediction is good as gold at the end. Um, <laughs> Urshifu in the top eight. And this is combined. So both the water and the dark. Over under 4.5. The combined totals that we've seen recently has been five, five, four, and four. It's been predominantly Rapid Strike Urshifu, as is certainly no surprise, but we do see a uh, single strike here every once and again. So we're going to jump back up to you, John, over under 4.5 Urshifu. Over. Urshifu's the goat. Okay. Josh? Over. Over? Okay. Over. (laughs) Tim? Uh, Let's say over, and it's going to be all dark Urshifu. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to go under. I think it's going to be uh, three and one. I think there's going to be three or three rapid strike and one single strike. All right. And last but certainly not least, when it comes to the champion of LAIC, where will they hail from? What region? North America, Europe, Latin America, or Oceania? Josh, you first. I'm going North America. Okay. We're, we're going to take it again. Okay. Tim? Uh, let's go Europe. All right. I am rooting for LA, Latin America to take it. I don't know if it necessarily will, but I would love to see a home turf win. John? Same. Latin America all the way. I dig it. Cool. Well, that concludes not only the predictions, but also the podcast as a whole. So thank you all very much for coming on. We will do our goodbyes. We'll start with you, John. I have treasured every moment of this podcast with all of you fine gentlemen. As have I. Tim? Yeah, is uh great actually talking to Josh in person for the first time after knowing each other for years. <laughs> it's true and josh uh just thanks so much for having me i really enjoyed being on the pod with y'all it was a good time i hope everyone has a, a great rest of their week yeah thank you guys so much for coming on we certainly do appreciate it it is going to be so cool to see where passers and lab mouse go and uh, we really appreciate all that you guys do for the community it is quite phenomenal to do it um you know, blood, sweat, and tears and do it all just to hand it out to people. It's really great. So thank you all very much for listening. We certainly hope you enjoyed. Have a great rest of your day or evening or morning, wherever you are when you are listening to this. Most importantly, class dismissed. (laughs) 